March 11, 2021. It's the Watch Pedro Show.
lot for Pedro Show. Happy Thursday. Start off the show with a promise. John Coltrane Live, 1963, October 25. And then uh, the Clan Quartet with the Baptism. Brother Matt, the love God on the pleasure point, because still quite Cartino mode. But I'm not totally man alone, people, because those software engineers are stoning you with a righteous Skype invention. I got Mr. Scotty Irvin aboard. Where, where Hello, we, good man. We, How are you? I'm I'm really fucking uh, honored to have you on the show, truly, Scotty. Hey, hey, the honor is mine. I'm still trying to figure out why Mike Watt wants dinky little Scotty Irving on his show. So until you wise up, it's party time. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I a, co- it, a co- co-conspirator. Yeah, what can I say, man? I mean, I have fond memories of seeing you on uh, the cutting edge with the Minutemen on a school night, I might add. Mom and Dad are going to hear this. They thought I was in bed asleep. Sorry, I wasn't. But, uh, yeah, that's where I first saw you guys. That was my senior year in high school. So, yeah, I mean, I've you know, that was a good introduction. And let's face it, sometimes you learn better things before you go to school than you do when you're at school. So, you know, anyway... <laughs> Okay, let's uh, talk about your journey through music. Well, f- first off, where are you talking to me from? Uh, well, this is a little town called Stokesdale. And Stokesdale is in North Carolina. It is um, near, it's kind of somewhere near Greensboro and Winston-Salem and High Point. Well, High Point, uh, John it, Coltrane. It's not very big. John Coltrane lived in High Point, born in Hamlet. That's right. I used to live in Candor, which is just... Uh, Oh, a little bit south of, um, uh, no, north, rather, of uh, Hamlet. So I'm definitely familiar with where John Coltrane was from. I didn't know who John Coltrane was at the time I lived in Candor. I have since uh, tried to rectify that. Um, But, yeah, it's great knowing that I was somewhere nearby, you know, where he was, you know, if if not during his most creative period, it's still nice to know that I was somewhere in the area where he was, he was at least thinking about starting, you know, yeah. pretty amazing. Right, right. Uh, my tour knowledge, I'm thinking I-40. Well, um, actually... When you're talking Winston-Salem and Charlotte... Uh, yeah, no, I, I-40 is part of that. There's also uh, I-77, and there's a new stretch that's opened up out there, I-73, I-74, that's still... Um, it's, it's kind of a, uh, alternate. It's still not quite as wide open as I-40, but it opens up in a couple of stretches that it, it makes people have a lot easier access to certain places. And one of the places that they will go past, if they actually take that route, will be Hamlet. So, okay. And I-40, <laughs> it goes all the way to Flagstaff and shit. Um, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, let's uh, talk about your journey though. What, Scotty, what's your earliest musical recollection? I will never forget this as long as I live. I don't know what it was in reference to. I don't, I I really don't think it was because the man had just died. My mom has told me that she has memories that she is certain were before she was three years old. I really don't think this is what the situation was, but it was an image of Jimi Hendrix. I didn't know a single thing about the man. 
I just, you know, I'd seen some people strum a guitar here and there, just some relatives, you know, no big deal, sitting on the couch. And then this guy's on TV, and of course, you know, even the footage I found out later was part of a concert uh, in Berkeley, which I now have a video cassette of. Um, yes, you heard me correctly, video cassette. He's wearing the blue outfit and everything, and uh, even though his theatrics are somewhat more subdued in this particular clip, it's still Jimi Hendrix. Yeah. No matter how you slice it, I, you know, and I just remember sitting there just astounded, like, wow, who is this, you know? And I remember my mom saying specifically, though, that he had died. I was not, I hadn't really grasped the concept of death at that point um, from either a spiritual or a physical standpoint at that time. So I didn't really understand exactly what was going on there, but I really don't think it was his obituary that was being announced. I think it might have been, maybe they were just showing a concert of his not long afterwards, but who knows, it might have been his obituary. I, I really don't think it was, but it could have been. Years later when I saw that show in its entirety, I didn't realize that that clip I saw was from that. He walks out on stage and I saw that outfit. I'm like, that's that clip I saw. Yes, yes, yes. You know, <laughs> I oh, saw it too. Brutal. You know, that was one of those midnight movies they used to play in the 70s. At, yeah, okay. Uh, that, you know what? Maybe that's theater. what it was an advertisement for. Okay, well, I, I saw Jimmy plays Berkeley or whatever the fucking name of it was. But I, yeah. I, I know the blue outfit and he is bitching. I mean, yeah. it's incredible. It's a good so, show. So, so, is this Candor, the town? Uh, the, the house you grew up in, was there musical instruments? Well, um, the, I should point out, I was my dad is a retired highway patrolman in the state of North Carolina. They have a habit of moving you around. So I lived a couple of places before I actually came to uh, understand the concept of music or anything else. I lived in a little town called Kinston, not Kingston, that's in Jamaica, um, and uh, lived in Thomasville, North Carolina, two different houses. The second house is the one I remember living in. That's where I first saw Jimmy. And incidentally, it's also where this first memory came from. The first real instrument, only real instrument I can think of at that time period that was in our house was one of the guitars that was made during that massive uh production of Japanese guitars that was made in the 50s and 60s. Not that I knew all this about them then, of course, but um, a lot of them had the same body style. And the name might be different, you know, Tesco Del Rey, Kawhi, Jim Tone, etc. Um, this one didn't have a badge on it, but just in the last couple of years, I saw a model that looked more or less identical, and it had a Tesco Del Rey badge, so I bought a Tesco Del Rey badge and put it on there. I have, however, seen other guitars with the same body style with a different name who knows it might be called ricky ricardo or something for all i know but um it was something that was given to my dad probably because his dad who i never had the pleasure of meeting he died a month before i was born um he was into music he played guitar I think he might have played banjo, and I know he was a piano player. I've heard different stories about that. Maybe, um, I think it was one of my dad's sisters that gave it to him as a present. Perhaps they thought, you know, like father, like son. Both my mom and dad, they love music. Maybe not so much from a playing point of view. So the guitar later on wound up in my hands, and uh, the amp that came with it wound up being destroyed sometime in the 1980s. <clears throat> Don't know what happened to that amp. Um, 
Anyway, anyway, I could talk about that more, but I won't do it. It, 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 it had a little mishap that had nothing to do with the guitar. Anyway, anyway, the uh, uh, time period, though, that uh, all this was happening, um, Papa Joe, as I call, would have called him if it, I'd ever known him, he played. He had a first cousin named Lonnie Irving. I don't know if you're familiar with an old country song by the name of Pinball Machine, but Lonnie Irving was the person behind that. It was actually a hit for him back in, it was the early 60s, before my time, but a relative of mine. Um, on my mom's side of the family, there were uh, Leroy and Ellis Moorfield who had a local TV show on of some sort, and one of them had built a steel guitar of some sort, by hand, I understand. That's pretty amazing to me. And they were on, you know, television for a while. Most of the musical stuff, though, has kind of subsided by the time by the time I came into uh, came into power. Ha ha! By the time I started paying attention to music, so I guess the flag was kind of just sitting there waiting for me to pick it up. I don't think anybody within the family would have thought of the direction that I was going to take it in. <laughs> being anything like what I would take it in. I'm not even sure if I knew it was going to be like that. The guitar was in my hands, but the main instrument that I would focus on and still focus on would be percussion and drums. Sure. That's still the main deal with me. Sure. That was in 79. Now, 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 when you got that, did you get lessons or were you self-taught? I started in sixth grade band and, you know, I taught myself a few things, but I was in sixth grade band until I graduated high school. And what did you do and, in the um, band? Did you do guitar in the band? Uh, I'm sorry, the last thing you said? Well, I was going to ask you about school. If you were in the band, the marching band, or the choir. Yes. Shit, but did you do guitar in the school band? No, no, it was drums. Yeah, drums. okay, okay. The, the guitar stuff is strictly at home. Sure, Nobody sure. in their right mind would want me to play guitar for them. <laughs> okay, okay, so you didn't take any guitar lessons. Okay. No, no, but no, you, no, but no, you, no. But you had drumming uh, instruction in school. And yes. You, uh, did you have to wear the wool uniform and march at the football games and shit? Oh, yeah, I yeah. did all that, yeah. yeah. <laughs> still got a few pieces of that somewhere that I couldn't wear them now, of course. Yeah. But um, still got a set of the drumsticks that I used. They were enormous. They were like John Bonham-style tree you know, style drumsticks, which, you know, for marching and yeah, playing you really, really, you know, it, it, that, that kind of drumming, it's, it's perfect for that. But yeah, I still have those sticks. Well, you, you call yeah, it uh, so. field, field drum. Field drums. Right. Yes, exactly. That's, exactly. And so you must have played with the uh, traditional style grip. I did. Yeah. I did. Can't say what I always employ that nowadays, no, but no, when but I play we, brushes, I do. Yeah. We, we got to explain to listeners, there's a reason why that came, because the, the drum was slung on the side on a sash, you know. So right. that, And then the match grip, yeah, came with trap kit and stuff. Scotty, I want to play uh, the wind and see obey here. Okay.
Live from Pedro Show, that chunk of music start up uh, with the Clang Quartet. But people, Scotty Irvin, uh, his music name is the <laughs> Clang Quartet. We're going to get to that because I think it's Man Alone, but it's a quartet. And uh, maybe it's his limbs. Uh, the Winds and the Seal Bay in Matthew 8, 23, 7. 27, sorry, 23 to 27. Clang Quartet staring in her eyes. Uh, Richard Hell. Navoidoids, this is the last one. You know, he found his master tapes of his second album and remixed it all and sent it to me. And it was just beautiful. Richard Hell was my first punk rock hero, man. I put pictured him on my bass. It was like a line in the sand. I couldn't go back, Scotty, after that. That's Barry, awesome, man. Barry Burko band after that with Faith, Belief, Trust, Iman. Agnes Steck after that from Austin with NVMDWE. Maybe the, uh, yeah, never mind. We, I don't know. <laughs> brother, brother Chris is uh, he's a, a power of his own self uh, Bob is pregnant after that with Into the Mayhem DC area uh, Hands Rotten after that Whopper Dry China Gong affected at Witticon that's from Switzerland and finally Klein Quartet with Escape from Herod so okay what about the stuff since you uh, you were doing the drums at school. You ended up getting a trap kit, right? I did. And um, like I said, I started in sixth grade band. All the teachers that I had were certainly very important during this time period. But the three that made the most different, I'm happy I can say their names. Uh, Mania Dunn, Hymas Dunn, Eddie Henderson, God rest his soul, and uh, Mr. Tim Eaves. During the time period between seventh and eighth grade, Mom and Dad saw that I was taking this seriously and got me the drum kit. Most of what I learned on drum kit was self-taught. There were a few people that showed me a few things, but I applied what I'd learned on snare drum and everything to the drum kit, which, it, you know, I guess it worked okay. I've still been, I'm still able to do it years later, but yeah, there's no question the three people I mentioned that was uh, from several different schools at the different time were, once again, Highway Patrolman, moving went to another school with the uh mr henderson told me he said you know if you thought about where you're going to school i should point out my parents are from the rockingham county area here in north carolina a little town called stoneville we moved back to the area and even though it's not technically my hometown because most of my family's from here it kind of feels like the hometown so anyway we moved back to this area, though, and he told me, he said, the band program you need to look into is at Madison Mayadan, which was the high school at that time in this area. And the band director was Mr. Tim Eaves, and he was right. Tim Eaves was exactly what I needed. He helped me get to that next level. There is no question about it. Yeah. Where, where did he, you helped me, he helped me on drum set, too. Where did he you practice? I'm too. curious, Scotty. Where, where'd you, at home? In the bedroom? A little bit of that, and of course, you know, the band room at school, as long as I was not doing anything that was disrupting uh, a rehearsal with the uh, other band, sure, my sure. teacher didn't mind me being there. Well, what, what about after school with your friends, like the basement band, the, the garage band, the, the bedroom band? Did you do that shit? Well, there is, uh, I played some with other people. Uh, my Uncle Jay Stanley, who actually probably had more of an influence on me music listening wise when I was younger than maybe he even realizes. Um, he played a little bit of guitar and I was still in my uh, beginning stages as far as playing drums. I'll give you the long and short of it. He suggested us starting a band together and I thought it was a great idea and I went ballistic. 
and just started doing everything I could to, you know, learn as much as I could. And years later, it was obvious Jay wasn't as into it anymore. And I was. It never happened. No offense to Jay. You move on. By then, I was already full force, man. There was no way I was looking back at that time. So was this mainly a practice band, or did you guys end up doing some gigs? No, no. We never never even got past that stage. I did get to play some shows with some other people. Um, There were some musicians who were older than me who didn't take me as seriously. You know, there's always that kind of thing. But then there were people like Burke Long and David Kellis. Both of them were older and more established than me, but they didn't dismiss what I did, and they encouraged me to keep going, which was great because I needed that at that time. I would sometimes play shows with people, uh, different people. We, we would play like maybe a one show, and that would be it. But when I got to uh, the high school here at Madison Maidan, I did get together with uh, three other guys, and we actually formed a band that was mostly a cover band, of course, our covers were like Judas Priest, Motorhead, stuff like that. So it was something a little bit different than uh, what you know most of the bands I've been playing beforehand had been like. And we actually did last about, I guess, a year and a half. We played a couple of shows at school, played mostly parties, but we lasted roughly a year and a half. So got you know got a little bit of, of practice out of there. Can then you, I joined a, Scotty, another you, band uh, that played out. So you know, got a little practice. <laughs> Can you tell me your first, can you remember your first gig? My first actual gig? Does it, does a uh, sixth grade band count or you want me to move something else in? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you're playing in front of people. That's a fucking gig, right? Okay, okay. Um, sixth grade band, it was at, I believe the first one was at Mount Gilead High School, which is still there, I believe. I'm not high, high school, middle school, rather. Um I was very happy the drums were in the back because I was a nervous wreck. Okay. And uh, <laughs> you know how that goes. But was the gig a su- success? Was it a success? We, uh, well, the biggest success then, you mean? Well, you know, some gigs are not successes. Like they're throwing shit at you, right? I've been. Well, <laughs> yeah, it didn't, have any, it didn't have nothing to deal with, you know, as far as that was concerned. You were in school, so nobody was going to misbehave like that. <laughs> I, I will say this, though. Once you get out of school, though, and the reality hits you, yeah, you don't have a band teacher telling you, don't worry, I'll take care of this. Sometimes when you get to the reality, well, you know what the reality is. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I've had all kinds of shit thrown in. I mean, literally shit. Yeah. And used rubbers and cups of piss and... Uh-huh. The worst, worst I, cups is, of things. I'm not even sure what was in the cups. I don't want to know. <laughs> the worst was batteries. They hurt. Oh, that, man. That's why yeah. I always ask those questions. me one night. <laughs> Look, what was the first record you bought with your own money? Does it count if the money was given to me as a birthday present? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it counts. Okay, okay, I just wanted to make sure. Um, this was 1980, and these were the two new albums that both of these bands had out at the time. Kiss Unmasked, which I enjoyed. It's not one of their best albums. The album that really had the most impact on me of the two was the album from Genesis at the time called Duke. Yes, it has Misunderstanding and some other songs like that, but it also had some more drawn-out songs. They weren't giving up completely on the progressive type stuff at that point. And And I'd never listened to any music like that before in my life, so it was actually kind of an eye-opener, ear-opener, whatever. So, Well, yeah, when you spend money when you're a kid, you don't have a lot, so that's why I asked that question. What about the first gig you saw? Well, this is kind of confusing. I should be able to tell you this with no problem. I've always said it was Elvis. Yes, that one. 
1976. I saw him in 77 as well. The thing is, I saw Rick Nelson in 1970. It was either five or 76. We have the ticket stubs still from the Elvis shows. My mom has kept a lot of memorabilia. Elvis was a big deal in our house and still is. But she kept the ticket stubs and everything for the Elvis show, so I can tell you exactly when those were. Ricky when I saw Rick Ricky Nelson, Nelson... He's a good singer, too. They're both great singers. Oh, yeah, yeah. The thing is, when Rick Nelson played, it was at an amusement park called Carowinds, which is still there. Um, and it was one of the first years that they had their Palladium open. At one time, that was the largest amphitheater in this area. Yeah, and the, that's the, no longer the case. The nickname but, for those are sheds. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Look, we're at the you end know, of the first there hour. There were no ticket stubs. Oh, uh, I got to tell you, Scotty, we're at the end of the first hour, March 11, 2021 Dish Watt Peter Show special guest, Scotty Irvin. Hold time for hour two. March 11, 2021. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show.
away. Well, for being the show, we start the second hour. This is Scotty Irvin doing a, uh, as Clan Quartet, a, a cover of uh, Tribute to Devo, S.I.B. And then we had Nodge of Brand New Luminous Rot. And, and Rot, not the English word, huh? in, uh, in, in, in German, Rot is red. So it's luminescent red. <laughs> you know, they got a word, a hell, right? It means bright. Sometimes that happens. Uh, <laughs> Clan Quartet, something live, joyful noise in the face of death. Uh, okay, Scotty, this music I'm playing for people. I mean, some of it's got drums, but, you know, I also watch, watch the videos, you know. And, like, you, some of these instruments you're fucking wearing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, how, yeah. what, what was the evolution from trap set and school training and autodidact into this other form of expressing yourself musically? Well, I don't know if I can even explain it as well as I want to, but I can just say this. To me, it's a natural progression. To people outside of me, it's probably a, what happened to Scotty. Um but uh, yeah, my, one of my former band directors saw it, and he says, I can honestly say this is not something I would have ever expected from you. Part of the instruments are based on my uh, Christianity. A lot of it is based on my love of, uh, you know, horror movies, monster movies, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of the sound qualities are based on, um, well, there's certain percussion sounds that I like. They aren't necessarily strictly regular percussion sounds. And I was actually, what started off with this, I was just pursuing things like this on the natural drum kit. But in the pursuit of that, I noticed I was actually doing some damage to the drum kit. And I was trying it on other instruments. And I noticed, I said, I'm doing all this damage to these things. I've got to find something else to get these sounds. So I started looking for alternate sounds and, one of the groups that changed my life, Einstein's in the Neubauten. Um, I have the pleasure. I had the pleasure of telling N.U. Unruh about this. He thought it was hilarious. Um, I'm still in contact with him. Such a cool guy. But um, I told him, I said, you know, I kind of used you guys as an inspiration for this. I said, I don't. It's not quite as full on as what they have. And also um, had the pleasure of having as a as a friend and a mentor, Mister 100% uh, Honest, Mister Zev. Oh, God bless that man. Yeah, I saw him in, in the late 70s. Yeah, he was such a great guy. And he, he actually spent the night at our house for three nights. So I got to hang out with him and discuss things. And he probably saved me a lot of money in terms of which airlines to take and things of that nature. So, yeah, it was it was great just being able to hang out with him. He's also one of the first people to tell me how to uh or he encouraged me to put instruments together that i could actually fit inside of suitcases i believe his exact words were i love these things you make but if you try to get one of these on an airplane they're going to keep you in customs for the rest of your natural life and he's probably <laughs> right you know but uh yeah got, the, the get, thing with me i wanted some unusual sounds and i also wanted to have unusual appearance you know i mentioned kiss earlier i like a lot of theatrical bands i'll be the first to admit it I don't want people necessarily looking at it and just going, hmm. I want people looking at it and going, what? What is that? You know, people have walked up to me after shows before and said, I have never seen anything like that in my life. 
And I've told him, I said, you know, that's one of the biggest compliments you can play, you could pay me these days. I'd rather be told that than just about anything else. I mean, I, you know, I like it when people say, you know, you did a good job. That's nice, too. But when you can do something that separates you from anything else someone else is seeing, that's, that's a pretty high compliment. I think it is. Absolutely. I want to play Cast the Dragons out. <laughs> for superheroes. They think they can change anywhere. The, the world is not their changing room. Superheroes who are balancing multiple identities have a fragile and even tenuous grasp on reality.
Off the Pedro Show, we heard Cast the Dragons out, Revelation 12.9, the Clang Quartet. Then Sean Lennon with the main thing, Clang Quartet, live as a thief in the night. Now, what about, when, when did you first start calling yourself Clang Quartet? The show came about after, I'm going to be careful how I word this. I don't want to offend any of my former bandmates because I'm on good terms with all of them. But over the years playing music, mainly like some of the one-off shows we were talking about earlier, and also dealing with people from my spiritual perspective, we didn't really share the same beliefs, and oftentimes we didn't share the same musical ideas either. And I don't know what this says about me, but I went through a long, long period of time, and this goes back as far back as me playing the first year. I'd be like, man, I wish I could do this by myself had no idea how to do it. So each group, each performance, etc., I would get a little bit more of an idea. I mentioned Zev. The first time I ever saw him was an article in the Alternative Press. And I, even though what I do is not exactly like what he does, he was doing something close enough to what I did that I was both enthralled and kind of jealous, to be honest, because I'm like, man, this guy's been doing this longer than I've even been playing drums. And he's doing it by himself, you know, and I didn't get into the other people in the, with the other people in the van with me at the time, but I'm just like, you know, man, this, this is far more interesting to me than what I'm doing right now. But um, eventually, after paying more attention to some of the other, uh, uh, you know, people in the band, I noticed electronic-wise what I could use that would also work as uh, like a background when I was changing instruments, different things like that. And I'm like, I could do this by myself. Eventually, I found a way to do it all. And in late 1996, I finally decided I was going to do it. So the first show, January of 1997, I remember it well because my knees were shaking. I'm surprised people didn't hear that over the percussion, to be honest. Maybe they thought it was the percussion. Um, and it was, uh, there was a light glaze of ice uh, falling that night, too. But people still came out. And, Mike, I have to tell you this. There were people that came to that show that night who have stayed with me since then. And there were also people that night that came to see that show who have not talked to me since then. <laughs> so it was definitely a we love you or we don't love you kind of moment. It was, I, it really did. It was like the parting of the Red Sea or something, man. You know, you know? Clang, clang with a K in German is sound. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And some people spell this name, the name of this with a K, and I'm like, well, that's not how I spell it, but, you know, I don't think it is an insult <laughs> or anything. No, it's, again, it's another coincidence. We have, we, we share the words, but they're, they're kind of different. But yeah. they're kind of similar. So yeah. it actually was a quartet, and then it got weeded down to man alone. Well, here's the story behind that. When I first started doing the show... I said, I can't do this by myself forever. I mean, you know, I started off, it started off as a one man show and it still is, but I always thought in the back of my mind, maybe it was a lack of confidence, but I always said, I'm going to have to get some other guys or girls, whatever, to help me do this eventually. And it just never happened that way. I've had an occasional person join me as a special guest on stage. Um, I think maybe that's happened six or seven times. Um, one was uninvited, but I won't get into that. Uh, <laughs> Bum anyway, you, you know how that goes. You know. Anyway, um, but, uh, you know, for the most part, 
I've discovered that even if I'd wanted to bring some other people into it, I don't really think it would have been very effective because what this is now is so personal. I don't know. I think this would be almost an insult to try to bring somebody else into it now. Or my, because it, I, don't my, know, I would be expecting them to bow to what I like, what I feel, etc. That's not fair to them. Yeah, and it might dilute it. Yeah. Not to mention the, you know, the idea behind the show originally was just me. If I needed somebody else, that would be great. A lot of people, one person came up, you know, because I'm a Christian, they thought, oh, it's, it's you and the Holy Trinity. Man, I wish I'd come up with that one. But I, I can't lie, I didn't. <laughs> That'd be the greatest promotional item I could come up with, but I didn't. I, when you said my limbs, you know, that's actually something yeah. else someone said. It's a three-part show, too, though. It's got, you know, the percussion and drums, the performance art, and the noise and other, you know, electronic aspects. Yeah. So technically, it's a three-part show. The three three dimensions. Three dimensions. Yeah. Look, we're at the end of the second hour. March 11, 2021, Dish Wapito Show. Special guest, Scotty Irvin. Hold tight for hour three. March 11, 2021. It's the third hour of the Wapito Show.
Lot for Pedro show. Started the second hour off with Clang Quartet doing Idiot, Ben Salter with Dark Souls, the Clang Quartet with Christmas and Catastrophe. And here's Scotty's going to enlighten us to uh, what his tune Idiot's about. For the most part, it's some, this being used through some effects, but it's actually a guitar. It's that Tesco Del Rey I was talking about with no strings. So a lot of it is just me tapping on the uh, guitar itself, et cetera, et cetera. And why is it called Idiot? Because, uh, well, let's face it, there's some guitar players out there who think their instrument is sacred, and maybe it is. I don't know. It, I didn't feel that way when I was making the recording, but I thought when they found out what I was doing, they would probably call me an idiot, so idiot, you know. Well, they anyway, don't know. not very exciting, but that's what happened. So well, Them people probably don't know the story of you fucking seeing Jimmy. And you, <laughs> right? One of your earliest musical inspirations was a guitar slinger. I tell you, man. And Jimmy was also known for playing the back of his guitar, oh, yeah. tapping neck with his fingers. Hey, also, you little know, I know, you know. You know, he's a southpaw, right? But he could play the other yes. way, too. Exactly, exactly. Pretty incredible, Interesting right? Enough. Yeah. It's funny you mention that because my dad is also a southpaw, but he was trying to learn the guitar right handed. That, that didn't work. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't work. Okay. Okay, it didn't work. Now, what about when you when you make your albums? Because you're missing the perform well, maybe you still do you still have the performance dimension? To an extent, um, a lot of the stuff you've played today, I tried to send you as much uh, variation as possible, and you actually picked out a few things that I didn't send you, so you even you picked more varied pieces than even what I sent you. Um, some of that stuff is studio exclusively. There's no way I could reproduce it live. I'm not even going to try. But like the live shows, most of those are exactly what they say, live. Those are taken from live recordings. There is one studio recording that is actually um, me performing a live show. I don't really do the full-on show, but because the instruments, some of the instruments are actually being worn, I almost have to wear them at least one point during the recording to actually make that work. Yeah. So about, it's, it's out of necessity more than anything else. Understood, understood. But what, what about the... The, co the composition, the composing. What goes into making a Scotty Irvin, a Klein Quartet tune? Usually what I try to do is either an idea hits me before I start recording, or sometimes I just hit record and just see what happens. Sometimes the results are, you know, interesting, and sometimes the results get erased and we try again. So <laughs> You're saying there's a lot of impro improvisation. There's still quite a bit of that. I mean, you know, there's a there's a structure to the show. I told somebody it's like I have a roadmap, but I know and I and I know I'm going to get off at certain stops. But what I do at those certain stops is going to be different each time. So you know, there there's that kind of thread, but it's not it's not that rigid. But yeah, certain parts of the show always improvised, always. Uh, always. What what about when it comes to titles? Do they come last, or do you start with the title? A lot of times they'll come last, but uh, there have been a couple of occasions where I think, I wonder what this Bible verse would sound like, or what this passage would sound like, or, you know. So I I have been known to try and reproduce something that I've read on a couple of occasions, but sometimes I'll just think, wow, this sounds like, well, you played the winds in the sea, obey him. I tried to come up with something that I thought might sound like what the experience was. For those of you that are not familiar with that passage, it's the part where um, 
the disciples are on the uh, uh, water. There's a storm. They're scared to death. Boat's being rocked around. Jesus is asleep in the bottom of the boat, not scared at all. And they're like, Lord, help us, etc. And he comes out and looks at them like, what's the problem? Holds up his hands. Zip. No more. Goes back to bed. I've always loved that. He's like, you know, what's the problem, guys? I'm hanging out with you. Leave me alone. You know, but and that's why the ending on that is so abrupt. It's just like he holds his hands up and it's gone. So no you, more. That's the, why that's the, like that. the title helps make focus for the tune, so you can like, you know, get an image. Go. I, I mean, this is the way I work, and like everybody else, I know. Well, you did say you, a lot of the titles come after, but I have yes. to start with the title because it, it gives me focus. Right. I want to play this. Like Coltrane used to do that. Uh, we would add uh, titles afterwards. I remember. I think uh, was it Inter- Interstellar Space. Yeah, I well, believe. I think all those titles came afterwards. I'm not well, sure. You know, well, Interstellar Space was actually released after he passed away. True. Yeah, true. So yeah, he probably, he may not have named a single tune on that one. Yeah, come to think of it. Yeah. Yeah. Bad example. Sorry about that. But maybe, maybe. That? I mean, here's one with a. Not punk rock, but pun rock, right? Amazing disgrace. (laughs) I'm on a plane.
My perception, distance, and range. I don't know how things ended up so strange. Our lives are completely insane. So for a second I thought I had it right. Then things changed and I thought that I might lose my mind 'cause I thought it clearly to a point out of sight nearly. I thought for a moment I could choose. I thought for a moment it was you. I didn't see it coming, shoulda known I could not run it. Someday we will be let loose.
Thank you. Watch for Pedro Show. Last chunk of music for this edition. Clay Quartet with Amazing Disgrace. Then we had the Glimpse Trio with Far Away. And finally, live at CBGB 2001, playing quartet. And you really get to hear Scotty work the drum, the trap kid here. Uh, hey, actually, that's just two drums, uh, two marching snares with no bottom heads on the floor with some cymbals. Oh, wow. Okay, so it ain't even a trap. Yeah. Drum. Okay. But what? I apply drum set stuff to that, of yeah, course. Absolutely. But, yeah, absolutely. Because you fooled what? Oh, yeah, yeah. Man, of course, you know, the PA system at CBGB was amazing. You could drop a Kleenex on the floor and it would probably have been heard. Did, so, you, you, know. did you get to meet Haley? I got to meet him not that particular evening. A previous band of mine played there several times, and I got to meet him at least, I think it was twice. He had that uh, dog that he had with him a lot, and I can't remember <laughs> the dog's name. <laughs> the dog was a mess, though. I liked him, too. But, yeah, but Hillip was always very nice every time I saw him. Yeah, yeah, always kind of me also. So during this situation right now, we've been having, Scotty, have you been composing? Have you been recording? I have been recording, and my intention, um, we are in uh, March of 2021, if you folks are listening to this way after the time we recorded this show, my intention was to get you some new material, and apparently God said, nope, not yet, because uh, every <laughs> attempt I've tried, you know, <laughs> yeah, every every attempt I've tried made to get that finished has been stalled in some form or fashion. I guess the meal ain't ready, so I can't serve it. So um, I know I'm going to be able to finish it within the next coming, you know, the, the, the coming weeks. I have one more studio date set up, matter of fact, a week from today. And that should, I can't find a piece of wood, but I'll knock on wood here. That should allow me to finish the uh, whole thing. Um, but until I actually get it done, maybe I shouldn't say that because it's been, you know, one, one time there was an ice storm here, which, uh, that's, that's our winter this year. We had no snow. It really stinks, man. Anyway, we don't get very much of a winter here. And one time the gentleman who's been recording all my music for me, Mr. Benji Johnson, little shout out to Mr. Benji, Earth Tones Recording is his studio. That man's done me so many favors. I can't even you know, begin. To also, it. also speaking of which we should, uh, give a shout out to, Brother Evan Lebson for making the connect. Yes, yes. Evan, I love you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, what about using the internet as a way of collaborating? Have you done that where you trade files, Scotty? I am not up to date enough to do that yet. But what I have done, somebody will send me a file and I'll take care of it. I'll record it at Benji's place and then he'll send in what I have, you okay. know, to that other person. So I'm, uh, it, it, it's kind of like uh, I have a go-between. <laughs> yeah, but still, you're doing it. You're, 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 yeah, yeah. You're I've done that several times. Right, Matter of right. fact, I think that's how I did the Devo song. Really? Okay. It's been some, it's been some time ago, but I'm almost certain that's how I did it. It's, that's been years ago, though. To me, it's really important that music cats connect. Yes. You know, and this is a way. The, the, the Internet isn't all bad. There's a lot of shitty things about it, but there's some good things. Well, you know, the world isn't all bad, but That's what right. we see on the news would tell you <laughs> otherwise. But yeah, you're right. You're exactly right. Internet's so, been good to me. What can I say? Well, a lot of th things human, right? Uh, a knife, you can cut your chow or you can cut your buddy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right? So exactly. It, it depends how you wield it. And I, Precisely. I, uh, and if yeah. you need your buddy to help you, that's okay. But probably down the road, you'll be doing it yourself, right? 
Who knows? One of these days, I, I'm, I plan I'm trying on to get more and more about being self-sufficient. Yeah, I plan on making that part of being self-sufficient eventually. Okay. One of these years. But I'm, I'm encouraging all musicians because I think the technology has got more econo enough where we can do that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Scotty, it's been a huge honor to have you aboard. Truly, uh, I, I want you to keep on keeping on with what you're doing because I think it's fucking righteous letting that freak flag fly, man. Man, hey, so somebody's got to do it. It might as well be me, and I can't thank you enough for being even just remotely interested enough in having me on oh, this yeah. show. And when you get this new thing done, uh, record with your man there, come back on the show. Let's talk about it. Oh, I would love to. Absolutely. Thank okay. you for your interest. Absolutely. I'm going to surprise a few folks with this one. There's going to be a few things on this that I've never done before. Well, that's really healthy. Yeah, surprises are healthy, Scott. Exactly. People, it's been March 11, 2021 edition of Wap Peter. She'll keep your powder dry.